What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll go a solid hour tonight. Lakers talk goes till 8 p.m. Om Young Masuk, who was covering the NBA Finals with the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat. Obviously, the champions. Now, the Denver Nuggets. First NBA championship in franchise history. They take out the Lakers. They take out uh, really every squad. Dominated all season long. And I wasn't a believer until they beat the Los Angeles Lakers and they wrap up that series against the Miami Heat yesterday. Got a lot to get into. Appreciate everybody being a part of the show. Uh, off-season edition, like Mario Ruiz mentioned. There's really no off-season with Lakers basketball. Got the draft coming up July 1st. We got free agency. So uh, a lot to get into. And uh, a, a lot of ways the Lakers um, need to try to improve that roster to be Hopefully we're sitting here a year from now. We're talking about the Lakers winning championship number 18. A um, few things I want to get into. I want to talk a little bit about that championship run for the Denver Nuggets and just try to see how far are the Lakers from um, competing with the Denver Nuggets because you know it's only going to get tougher. And there's a few different angles of why it's only going to get tougher, uh, specifically in the Western Conference. We'll look at the Nuggets, favorites to win next season. Lakers, the fifth best odds. We'll talk a little bit about that. Point guards. There are a number of uh, guards that are going to be available. H- how important is it that the Lakers make a move at the point guard position? Or why not just keep D'Angelo Russell? That's obviously an option as well. Uh, so we're going to get into all that. I, I do want to start off... Um, the day after the NBA season ends, I think spending a little time talking about the NBA Finals, um, I want to spend a few minutes on that. I'm going to transition. This kind of be a easy transition for me to talk about how far the Lakers are from the defending champs, the, the Denver Nuggets. Um, what a run for Denver. I mean, however you want to look at it, what a run. And I said this earlier, and I, I, remember I got a lot of tweets during the playoffs. It's, hey, Al, do you believe in the Nuggets now? Ah, no, I want to see more. Hey, Al, do you believe in the Nuggets now? Nah, let's wait a little bit longer. Um, they had the best record in the Western Conference in the regular season, 53-29. and 29. I want to say they took over with the best record in the Western Conference back in, like, December. And I think at no point did they relinquish that lead in the Western Conference. That's impressive. To have a team hold on to the number one spot for that long in a competitive West, teams like Memphis, Sacramento, Phoenix, the Clippers, the Warriors, the Lakers, kind of go down the list of all the teams. And I know it wasn't the best representation of the Western Conference this year, but there's a ton of talent. And the only reason why they ended up 53-29 and 29 is because they took their foot off the gas with a, at least a couple weeks left to go. They kind of stopped playing here, and they started prepping for the postseason. Um as the as the uh, the the season wore on, and the Denver Nuggets, the playoffs started. They had the number one seed. You knew they were going to have home court, and then the question from there was just going to be as simple as, okay, how team how good can this team be by the time the playoffs start? And they took out Minnesota in five games. All right. You know, Minnesota Timberwolves, they were kind of reeling. They lost the Lakers in that first game, in the playing game. Nas Reed was out. Um, They had some chemistry issues. Um, And I'm forgetting off the top of my head uh, the guy that decided to punch a wall right before the Laker Laker playing game. He's out, and he's a key role player for them. They took out the Denver Nuggets in five games. Not that big of a deal. What do they do when they get the Phoenix Suns with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant? 
who, by the way, before the playoffs started, um, I was making my own predictions. Hey, pick any team to come out of the West. I thought Phoenix. Um, they take the first two, then the series is tied two apiece, and then they you know run through. I thought played with their food a little bit, just a little bit, with the uh, with the Phoenix Suns, and then eventually took out KD and Devin Booker. And even the games that the Suns won, Devin Booker shooting 80% from, I'm not kidding, literally a 70, 75%, whatever he was shooting from the field, he was just incredible. They end up beating the Denver Nuggets, in, or they end up beating the Phoenix Suns in six games. And then comes the Los Angeles Lakers. Lakers, I thought, gave them the most run for their money. And are you going to say... Um, they got swept. What do you mean they gave them the most run for the money? If you go back and look at all those games, which we'll do in a second here when I start comparing how far the Lakers are from the Nuggets, the defending champs, um, there were a lot of close games there. But they take care of the Lakers in four. And I thought by beating the Lakers, that was the biggest obstacle that they would have. Part of it mentally because you're facing a franchise you've never beat in the playoffs, um, or at least you've never beat to get to the NBA Finals. You're facing LeBron James. You got Anthony Davis there as well. This is a team that beat you back in 2020. Um, Can you kind of get that, maybe that mental block over your head that, yeah, yeah, we can beat LeBron and the Los Angeles Lakers. They did it. Did it in four. And then they obviously took care of the Miami Heat yesterday in in five games. As good of a playoff run in the history of the NBA was Nikola Jokic. Let, let me read off this tweet that I saw. Um, I saw it last night, or maybe I saw it today on NBA, uh, at NBA put it out. He's the first player in NBA history, Nikola Jokic, to lead the playoffs in total points, rebounds, and assists. He had a record 250-plus rebounds and 150 assists in a single postseason. He averaged 30 points... 14 rebounds, and 5-plus assists in a final series. He had a record 10 triple-doubles in a single postseason. Damn, Nikola Jokic was special all year long. I Listen, I got no problem admitting when I'm wrong, or I got no problem. I probably do it too much where I'm quick to say, hey, I was wrong on that one, but that's okay. That's kind of... You give your predictions and what you think is good or, or what, what what works, what doesn't work. It is what it is. Um, <clears throat> I didn't want Jokic to win MVP this year. I didn't. And I kept saying, come on, guys. Look at all the players in the NBA. You're going to tell me Nikola Jokic for three years in a row is the most valuable player. The dude ain't Shaq. The guy's not Michael Jordan. The guy's not magic in his prime. And... Embiid ends up winning the MVP. We obviously all know how that played out. Um, And in a way, I was like, good. I'm glad that he did not win finals, uh, or I'm glad that he did not win the regular season MVP. You know why he didn't win the regular season MVP? Because he really, really didn't care to win the regular season MVP, but he probably really easily could have done it. In the playoffs, there's just no answer for the man. I mean, it was as good as, like I said, this... It's the first time a player in NBA history led the playoffs in total points, rebounds, and assists. Go look back at all the the the, the greats, the absolute greats. Doesn't matter. Go Will, go Kareem, go Jerry West, go Magic Johnson, go Shaq, go Kobe, go LeBron, go up and down the list of all these unbelievable greats. 
what we just saw and the performance we just saw from Jokic over the last couple of months is as good of a performance you'll ever see in the NBA playoffs. Um, I know he's not the flashiest player. I know he doesn't have the most personality. I know his style isn't high-flying. I know his style isn't above the rim. But damn, that was beautiful, beautiful basketball to watch from somebody who can slice and dice you, drop 35 every game, 15 every game, and here's <clears throat> here's 10, 12, 14 assists on top of that. And I'll shoot 80% from the free throw line, and I'll be a threat from the three-point line. Um, just an incredible run by him. You, you know, this morning, Travis Rogers, who I obviously do the morning show with, he was saying, can we pump the brakes on everybody talking about Jokic and comparing him to Shaq and this and that? He's not wrong on that. What you can compare him to, which I've some I've seen some people do this in, in some tweets, is here is Jokic's numbers this year. Here is Shaq's numbers in that 99-2000 championship run that the Lakers had. Those are comparable. The only difference is um, Jokic is three times the amount of assists that Shaq would have. That just wasn't his game. Where Nikola Jokic, this is part of his game. So, um, really impressive run. I thought Jamal Murray, you know, I, I, I'm, I pay attention to stories like this. Jamal Murray torched the Lakers. I'll never forget it. Game two, Lakers had a chance to beat the Denver Nuggets, pretty much controlled two and a half quarters. And then from about halfway through the third quarter to halfway through the fourth quarter, Nikola Jokic or uh, Jamal Murray went on a run. I think he had 23 points in the fourth quarter and hitting shots over Braun and Anthony Davis and just making some incredible shots. Jamal Murray is the number two for the Denver Nuggets. Dangerous. Um, and Jamal Murray not being able to participate in two straight playoffs because of his uh, his Achilles tear and coming back and doing what he did, and you could see the special. KCP, former Laker, hitting a big shot, great role player. Um, the Denver Nuggets, I got nothing but respect for what they accomplished. So, Laker fans, um, the Nuggets are the favorites to win next season. Lakers have the fifth best odds. I want to spend some time talking about just how far the Lakers are from the Denver Nuggets because – as we start turning the page and we get ready for the draft and we get ready for NBA free agency, that's the team to beat. That's who every team in the NBA is now chasing is the uh, the Denver Nuggets. And we'll talk a little bit about how far the Lakers are from the Nuggets. Um, quick shout out to our partner here. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, proud partner, Lakers talk, oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care and more. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out in about 15 minutes. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Stay right here. Lakers talk coming up next. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. 
All right, thank you to uh, Ho, great partner here on Lakers Stock, great partner on 710 ESPN. We got Om Young Masuk, who covers the NBA. Uh, he's coming up here in about 15 minutes. He was there for the NBA Finals, uh, was a part of that Miami-Denver series. We'll, we'll kind of cap off the 2023, 2022-2023 season. I got a bunch of Laker questions lined up for him as well. The Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets, the champions of the NBA, they get their first NBA championship. OnlineSportsBet.com came out with their 2024 NBA championship odds via Caesars, so Caesar Sportsbook. Uh, Denver plus 475, Boston plus 575, Bucks plus 700, Suns plus 850, Lakers and Sixers tied for fifth best odds to win an NBA championship next year at plus 1,200. It's safe to say that everybody will be chasing the Denver Nuggets. This is a little unique of a story with Denver. Sometimes teams win a chip, and they're at the – they could very well – be at the end of um, their championship run, or maybe they just had a really small window. Let me give you as an example. The Toronto Raptors won a championship, and then Kawhi was obviously gone, so that changed everything. Milwaukee Bucks, as good as they've been, um, they've you know yet to come back and make it to the NBA Finals these last couple years. I know they've had some injuries. Uh, Giannis went out early in that series against Miami, but had chances, couldn't even pull the series to, to, to six games. They lost in five. Um, but Denver, I think what makes them so unique, Nikola Jokic has a contract guaranteed through 2026-2027. Jamal Murray has a contract for the next two years. Um, he's going to be on at least another two years with the Denver Nuggets. Michael Porter Jr., at least the next four years will be on the Denver Nuggets, at least according to his contract, obviously could get traded. Aaron Gordon, he's on the books for another two years, plus he has a player option in his final year. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, he's on the books next year, and then he's got a player option the year after that. The only player, I'd say two players, that um, even uh, Christian uh, Brown, who got some opportunities, he's a rookie, he's on the uh, on the books for next year, the only two players that I see on here that contributed and could be gone, Jeff Green is an unrestricted free agent. It'd be a great pickup for the Lakers, by the way. Uh, and Bruce Brown, who is a really, really nice player. He has a player option, so he could choose. I think he's due just under $7 million this upcoming year. Um but the defending NBA champs are going to come back. Joker, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. They got a lot of their main cores, their main guys coming back. I'm not, I'm not trying to disparage Bruce Brown or Jeff Green, um, but you could find ways to replace them. Maybe you can't, but I think you can. But Bruce Brown could very well end up coming back, or they might find a way to bring both of those guys back and try to run it back. With that all being said, um, and where the Lakers are sitting right now, I guess the question just come to, comes down to this. How far are the Lakers from the Nuggets realistically? How far are they? In the NBA playoffs, the Lakers lost game one by six. It was a three-point game with 45 seconds ago. That's when Braun took that three that I disagreed with. But it's a one-possession game with under a minute left. They lost game two by five. They were down two. 
with about a minute and 10 left in that game. So obviously it came down to the wire. Game three was the only game that the Denver Nuggets took over. They won by 11. They took over there in the fourth quarter. And then game four, we know Lakers lost by two. So of all those games, I want to say their combined point total of four losses was 24 points. So you're losing by, what is that, six points a game, something like that. So it's not because they're getting blown out or anything like that. But I think it's safe to say that the Denver Nuggets are only going to get more dangerous. I don't look at the Denver Nuggets this year and say, ah, this was a one-year run. You know what? No, no, they were just fortunate because other teams were injured or other teams didn't have guys. Miami beat Milwaukee and they beat Boston. I mean, they beat the best talent in the Eastern Conference. Give the Miami Heat a ton of credit getting to the NBA Finals. And I know they didn't have Tyler Hero, but they basically didn't have Tyler Hero for the whole playoff run. It was all these other guys that stepped up. Uh, the Lakers were as healthy as they've been all season long, and they just got beat by a better team. Um, and even, you know, you want to look at Phoenix, who they beat, whatever the case is. The Lakers and the rest of the NBA, they got some work to do. There's also this monkey off your back when you haven't won a championship, and there's the pressure of you've never even been to the NBA Finals, and it's Michael Malone. I remember when Lakers were playing Denver, coming into game one, we're doing the pregame, me and Michael, and one of our guests that we had on, I want to say from the um, – I want to say it was the Denver Post. I, want, I, I couldn't, can't remember off the top of my mind, off the top, top of my head. And I asked, how much pressure is it for Michael Malone to get to the NBA Finals? This is his eighth year coaching with the Denver Nuggets. There was a lot of pressure. All that pressure is gone. Jamal Murray's got no pressure next year. Nikola Jokic has no pressure next year. Michael Malone has no pressure. Now, they might put pressure on themselves, and they're obviously going to try to repeat. I get all that. But the pressure of... Man, this just isn't working. We gave it time, and we got to make changes. That pressure is gone. So I think they're going to be even more dangerous with another year under their belt. Um, I don't think I've said this before. Even though the Lakers, I thought, fought better than any other, any um, were more dangerous than any of the other competition that the Denver Nuggets faced because I thought the games were closer. The Lakers are also not good enough to beat them as constructed. I believe that as well. So both things could be true, where you were the most competitive team against Denver. I know that's that one's hard to swallow because they got swept, but I do believe that. But at the same time, you're also a team that I just don't think has enough talent if you came back and brought the exact same players. SB Nation had a good article that came out, I want to say it was earlier today, And it just looks at every player that the Lakers have and what their situation is for this upcoming season. Now, we can go through, and there's the obvious ones. Bron and Anthony Davis are obviously going to be back. Malik Beasley, there's no guarantee there. He's got a team option. Jared Vanderbilt, he'll be back. I don't think that's a big deal. Uh, Mo Bamba, there's no guarantee on that one, too. He's got a non-guaranteed contract. Um, Rui, let's see what happens in free agency. Austin Reeves. There's a lot of articles out there that the Lakers will match any offer that's made for Austin Reeves. I read something earlier today. The San Antonio Spurs are going to come heavy. The Houston Rockets might have. These are teams that have cap space, and they're also young, and they want players like Austin Reeves on their team. Um, But I, I look at this roster. I think if they do bring everybody back, they can be very, very competitive. I think they're going to have a much better regular season. Um, 
but I don't think that's going to equate to a team that's better than the Denver Nuggets. Some people argue against that. I've heard a lot of people make the case, no, no, bring the same team back, do everything you can, bring D'Angelo Russell back, find a way to re-sign Rui Hachimura, have Jared Vanderbilt on your team, do whatever you have to do to make sure Austin Reeves is on the roster to complement you know, LeBron and Anthony Davis, and then just take your chances from there. I've heard a lot of people make that argument. I'm not saying that the Lakers can't have a really good regular season. I don't think they would be in a position where they have to, you know, basically play the final month of the year trying to just make the playoffs or try to make the play-in. I think they would be one of definitely one of the solid six teams, five teams, probably four teams in the Western Conference if they had all their guys from the beginning. But the goal is not to be a top four seed in the Western Conference. The goal is not to be, you know, make a playoff run, especially. I I spent a lot of time right after the Lakers were eliminated talking about how I thought it was a successful season, how I thought the Lakers get into the Western Conference Finals. I was surprised. I wasn't expecting it. I was proud of them. But when you're coming off of the Western Conference Finals, when you got Braun, certainly at, you know the the towards the end of his career, when you have a team that just got that far, you're not trying to just get back to the Western Conference Finals. You're trying to beat the Denver Nuggets and see if you can make it to the NBA Finals this time and try to get championship number 18. The roster is good. I don't think it's good enough. I thought there was some um, interesting articles out there these last couple of days uh, specifically about Fred Van Vliet's decision to decline his player option that he has... Uh, with the Toronto Raptors, I think he would be an unbelievable target and a fantastic fit with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You're obviously then making a decision between D'Angelo Russell or a Fred Van Vliet. Um, I think D'Lo is kind of that target for me that I'd like to change. D'Angelo Russell is the player, if I look at this roster and I say, hey, if I can improve in any position, I'd try to improve that point guard spot. Um, and maybe it is a player like Fred Van Vliet. I think the Chris Paul situation is interesting, even though I think most people are just going to wait to see if he gets waived um, rather than, uh, you know, he's got partially he's got a partially guaranteed contract, so maybe there's a way of doing some type of a sign-and-trade, but he's also 37, 38 years old, so I don't know how much you want to depend on a guy like Chris Paul. So, A lot of question marks, I think, coming into the offseason. And I also think the Lakers aren't in the worst position possible. But I just watched the Denver Nuggets team run through the playoffs and also run through the Los Angeles Lakers in the process. And I feel like they're only going to get better and they're only going to get more comfortable uh, coming up next season. So to come back and just run it back with the exact same squad, I don't know how confident I feel about that. Okay, um, let's do this when we come back. I'll spend a little time, by the way. I got Om Young Masuk coming up next, covers the uh, NBA for ESPN. I'll spend a little more time on that Fred Van Vliet and that CP3 stuff, uh, CP3 stuff towards uh, a little bit towards the end of the show. Um, Om coming up next. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. If you guys do, I'll take some phone calls here towards the end of the show as well. So uh, after we're done with Ohm. So if you want to be a part of the show at all, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-ESPN. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. I uh, want to welcome in Om Young Masuk, who covers uh, the NBA for uh, ESPN, does a fantastic job, was at the NBA Finals throughout the Finals run. Om, what's going on? Thank you for joining the show, bud. 
What up, my man? How you doing? I'm doing good. I am doing good. It, it's funny, Om. I'm was kind of I was starting off the show and I it was kind of going through some ridiculous, ridiculous stats of Nikola Jokic in the playoffs and first player in NBA history lead the playoffs in total points, rebounds, and assists. Um, I'll get into some Lakers stuff, but I do want to spend some time on the NBA Finals here, real quick. Just what you've been around the NBA for so long, you've covered. Uh, you've seen so many great players in playoff performances. Can you describe what Jokic's run was? What did we all just watch? Um, I can't. Um, I mean, you know, you think of some great postseason runs in the past, and something that comes to mind with like a big man like him is Hakeem Olajuwon's run, um, the one where he just absolutely torched David Robinson. And, you know, some of the things he did were very similar. It was just like he could not be stopped. I think what was so impressive about him is that no matter what defense was thrown at him, you know, he figured it out. So if you try to play against his selfless nature and make him be selfish and shoot to try to take the rest of his teammates away, that's probably the way to go for many teams. Um, you know, he drops 53-11 and 11 on the Phoenix Suns. Now, that was in a loss. Um, like, you know, there's that stat where, which is a crazy stat, anytime he scored over 40 points, they lost the playoff game. They were like 0-3. But, you know, it's just it was, it was really fascinating to watch Eric Spolstra, who I think arguably is the best coach in the NBA, hmm. just try to come up with wrinkle after wrinkle after wrinkle to throw at him, different zones, you know, double teams from different angles, single coverage, anything, and you just could not basically fluster Jokic at all. And the scary thing is, is that Jamal Murray had said, I think he can actually be better because the better part is that he's not at a stage yet where he tries to dominate an entire game. He'll do it if it's called upon, but otherwise – you know, he, he's not going to really try to dominate the entire game. And I think that is kind of the next step for him. He may never do that just because he's such a team-first guy, but usually when you have a superstar and maybe the best player in the world, who I think, which I think he is right now, the next stage really probably is that he can dominate the game at any point and take over. Um, and he does it when he has to, but I think – what Jamal is saying is that he could do it for an entire game. Oh, um, it's uh, it's fascinating too when you look at the Denver Nuggets coming back next year. And <laughs> listen, I know the off season just started, and we'll have the NBA draft, and July first, and free agency will come, and there's going to be some teams that look a lot better or make some moves. But how they're set up for next year, and you look at teams like the Phoenix Suns, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Golden State Warriors, Sacramento, another team. The way they're set up with Jokic under contract, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, KCP, really Bruce Brown, that's the one, the player option, which I, I think he was a, a really, really nice player and a key addition for them, and Jeff Green as well. You could put him on that list as well. How, how dangerous are the Nuggets for how young these players are, the fact that you got one and now the pressure of – you know, can you win one? Denver, the the Nuggets had never won one before. They never even got to the NBA Finals. They'll get more and more comfortable with each other. How how dangerous and 
what kind of window you think we're looking at here with the Denver Nuggets? Very dangerous. I mean, I, I asked Jamal. I talked to Jamal in the locker room last night, and I said, now that you and, and Joker have a taste of a championship, what do you think you guys are capable of? And he basically was like, I actually thought this was long overdue because it was all dependent on our health, and now we're finally healthy. But now that we got one, he was like, this is going to be the first of many to come. And, you know, we got one. Why not go and get more? And he's right. As long as Jamal Murray can stay healthy and Michael Porter Jr., now, and those are big ifs, especially with Porter Jr.'s back, but they got a taste of what it's like to win. Jokic now knows what it's like to win a championship. Jamal Murray knows that. Hmm. Uh, they obviously have Casey Pina, who has two championships. Aaron Gordon really knows what it's like to have to step up and kind of come up with big plays and do all the different things that you have to do in the toughest of situations. And then they got Christian Brown, who, like, is a rookie. He's now – but didn't play like a rookie. He's only going to get better. And you got to think that they're going to improve their bench. I mean, you've got DeAndre Jordan, Reggie Jackson, Ishmith, veterans who their voice was valuable in the locker room, but – didn't necessarily play as much. Sure. Um, they have a chance to kind of improve that bench. Sure, losing Bruce Brown will be a big loss for them. Um, if they if if it turns out that Bruce Brown goes and gets paid, which I think he wants to do, um, that would be a big loss for them. But there's a chance where they can actually improve their depth and be better. Yeah, I, I do agree that Bruce Brown is um... – Man, what a what a nice signing! What a nice piece, and uh, he certainly had some moments in the playoffs. Looking at, oh, I'm looking at the Lakers, and looking at how they played Denver. I, it's hard to make the case for it, but I think if you look past the sweep, you can make a case that the Lakers were the toughest out for the Denver Nuggets. And I'm really just referring to how close a lot of those games were. Uh, minute left, under a minute. It's usually a possession game. Lakers were in at least the first, the second, and the fourth game under a minute left, and this is a it's a two three point game, something along those lines. How far how far off do you think the Lakers are if they brought this team back? Let's say they weren't able to go out and really make any significant moves, but they kept D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura. They matched any offer, and those guys came back. LeBron, granted, will be in his 21st season, but, man, we keep saying that, and he keeps delivering every single year. How far behind do you think the Lakers are from the Nuggets? If they bring everybody back, and let's say, you know, they make some sort of subtle improvement or something like that in the offseason, but pretty much the core is the same. I mean, they did play the Nuggets hard in every game for the most part. Yes, Phoenix actually took two games off of them. Uh, but, you know, I think Denver was getting better and better with each round went on, and the Lakers were certainly a, a test that prepared them for the finals. Um, I do think that the, the biggest gap between the two teams is that the Lakers did not have a third consistent scorer, and not just a scorer. I think somebody who, like, is somewhat of a star scorer, somebody who can create his own shot and really alleviate pressure off LeBron and AD. There was really nobody who could kind of just get to the rim, create his own shot, and score consistently. You need someone who's going to be able to match Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray's shot-making was incredible in that Western Conference oh, yeah. Finals. You, you need somebody to match that, okay? Even if you find that, Alan, the level that Anthony Davis has to play at to come close to Jokic 
would have to be his most dominant self. You know what I mean? Consistently for four games. And on top of that, I mean, defensively, he's not going to stop Jokic. Like, I think I've come to that realization. I thought entering that Western Conference Finals, they had a shot if Anthony Davis was the better big man for four games. And, I, and that meant not only offensively, but defensively. But now that I've watched Jokic in these entire postseason, there's nobody that's going to stop him. You just can't – you're not going to be able to stop him. So, like, whether it's scoring – and when I say that you're not going to be able to stop him, if you take one thing away, if it's scoring, you're not going to stop his assists. He'll have mm-hmm. 10 assists in a blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. You're not going to keep him off the boards. It's just not going to happen. So that's why I'm saying, like, there's so many different ways that he can beat you that in order for the Lakers to beat the Nuggets, Anthony Davis has to be the best version of himself that we've seen, the most elite version of Anthony Davis, probably Bubble Davis, okay? And then you got to do that for four games and basically outplay Jokic. Then you need an elite shot maker basically to kind of match Murray and then let LeBron do all the things he does and all the other complimentary pieces. And I think that's what it came down to. Like D'Angelo Russell just wasn't that shot maker or that type of – he didn't provide that type of offense they needed to really kind of match the Nuggets. And that's that's where the gap is on top of the fact that Anthony Davis has to literally be his best self for the entire for the majority of the series against Jokic, and that's just an incredibly tall task. I will say this though: I think moving forward, every Western Conference team and every Eastern Conference team is going to have to figure out how do we beat the Nuggets, right? Well, you are going to need a big man. You absolutely like look what happened to Miami. Miami just absolutely got manhandled inside, oh, yeah. basically at times by Jokic. Uh, Thirty, twenty, and ten. We had never seen that before in the NBA Finals. Jokic had that against him. Anytime Jokic needed a basket, he just went inside and scored. As you saw last night in that game, when scoring was at a premium, in that third quarter and the fourth quarter, when they needed a basket, Jokic just rumbled inside and scored. So, you know, I think it's it's uh, at least the Lakers have a, a an elite big man, but on top of that, he's got to be elite, elite. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'll, and I'll play match or I'll play Jokic, and that's that's just like almost – if, I don't know how you're going to do that. Like, like I think you almost kind of need a Giannis to match up with Jokic just because Giannis, you know, at least defensively, maybe might be able to bother him a little bit. But then he's also got to be able to score against Jokic, and Jokic's defense actually kind of improved. You know, it, the numbers show that it improved as the postseason went on. And then I think what you saw against Adebayo, basically, I think it was in that game, game three, like, when Jokic was the primary defender or the help defender, the Heat shot three for 19, and Adebayo went one for 10 against them. Now, Anthony Davis could certainly do better than that, and he would have to. There's, and there's no argument. So that's, to me, the gap between the Lakers and the Nuggets. And then you add on that, well, now the Nuggets know how to win a championship. That was the other thing, too. Could they win the big games when it mattered? And this team throughout the postseason showed that no matter what you threw at them, Take Jokic away offensively, well, he's going to find other guys. Uh, you know what? Try to take Jokic's passing away, well, Jokic is going to dominate and score. You know what? Get Jokic to the ball. Well, Jamal Murray is going to run, you know, in the final nine minutes, and he's going to orchestrate the offense, and it's going to be like he's Jokic. So, I mean, it's like anything you threw at them, they figured an answer to. And so even an all-time great LeBron James game in that final game at Crypto, they handled it. You know, 
barely, but they handled it. And I, but I think in that game, had they had, I'm just I'm just throwing this out there, but like had they had a guy like Kyrie Irving who can create his own shot, get to the rim and score, then that could have been a difference maker in that series. Om Young covers the uh, NBA for ESPN, taking some time to join us here on Lakers Talk. He was uh, there covering the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets in the NBA Finals. Om, it's, it's funny, I, I, everything you said there, so much great insight. Um, the piece you said about D'Angelo Russell, I, listen, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and some people think, hey, he just had a bad series. He, was, he didn't have he, – he was much better versus the Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies. It's not that he was – ultimately all that consistent but I don't know how much I believe in him to be the guy that um, the Lakers depend on like you said in, in some type of a playoff run like this um, how, how realistic do you think it would be for the Lakers to go after a Fred Van Vliet uh, I don't know what you feel about Chris Paul in that situation with the Suns to improve that point guard position how realistic do you think it is and how important do you think it is I mean, I think it's important that they that they add somebody else who can basically create his own shot and score and also have that playoff experience. I mean, as good as Austin Reeves was um, throughout the season, and he's a really good player. Like, I, I think, like, you need a veteran scorer. Fred Van Vliet obviously has championship experience, but, you know, how much money does he want? And what at what cost is it going to cost the Lakers to – add a guy like that, who would they lose depth-wise? You know what I mean? If you don't take a massive hit with the depth, then, yeah, I mean, why not? I think Rob Polinka will certainly try to look under every stone to try to improve this team. Chris Paul, I mean, you know, the Suns, when Chris Paul was healthy, they were starting to look like they could give Denver trouble. And then, of course, Chris Paul goes down with the injury, and that was kind of like really the thorn that really hurt the Phoenix Suns. Um I mean, I think I heard the other night that basically from the moment that Phoenix and Denver were tied to all, I think like the Nuggets won 10 out of 11 playoff games or something insane. It was, yeah, I think it was like eight, nine, ten, yeah, 10 of 11 playoff games. So, mm. you know, I, I think it's a, uh, um, Chris Paul helps, but they, they need, like I said, they need like a young, fearless, and, and obviously this is much, everybody needs this, you know what I mean? But, a, a scorer who can create his own shot, get to the rim, athletic, like, you know, somebody who can basically offset Jamal Murray. That's a, that is basically a tall task to ask for. So to find and, and on the cheap as well because of their cap situation. Um, final one, we'll let you go. And uh, we appreciate the time. What team do you think is the closest in the Western conference to the Denver Nuggets? Do you think it's the Lakers or you think it's another team? Um, the Lakers, I think, you know, they have to stay healthy and LeBron as unbelievable. He is at this age and continues to defy wisdom. Um, at some point, you know, I mean, like in the playoffs, you could see some signs of like age creeping up on LeBron a little bit. Um, you know, and like, I'd never seen him miss a, like miss a breakaway dunk, you know what I mean? Or miss point blank layups. And I don't know if that was the altitude or if that was his age or, you know, whatever. But I, I think, like, Memphis, if all things were, were right with them, and we obviously don't know what's going to happen with John Morant, they would be a team. But even then, you know, Memphis is a team that still has to learn how to win. You know, and they they got to figure things out. I mean, I would have liked to have seen Boston in, in the NBA Finals against against the Nuggets, but, at, you know, with their star power. But 
I don't think they would have had anyone. Robert Williams, maybe, but I don't. I don't. Al Horford. I don't think they would have had anybody that can stop Jokic. I think it's going to come down to a team that has an elite big man and elite shot making from like an elite scorer from like basically a wing or a guard, kind of like the Nuggets do, and then a bunch of like complementary pieces to basically beat the Nuggets. Oh, uh, greatly appreciate you taking the time. Greatly appreciate the insight. Uh, thank you for doing this, bud. We'll uh, be in touch in the off season. All right, anytime. All right, thank you, Om. That's uh, Om Young Masuk, covers the NBA for ESPN. A lot, <laughs> a lot there. I, I think his his points about how Denver is only going to gain confidence, only going to gain just kind of that equity within that locker room, trust, uh, belief. That part is going to be dangerous in the rest of the West and really just around the, the, the rest of the NBA. Okay, I mentioned it. Let, let's look a little bit on the Fred Van Vliet and the CP3 stuff. I want to spend a little bit more time on that. Um, we'll do that coming up next. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, thank you to uh, Ohm Young Masak for coming on and uh, – Great insight, as always, as uh, he always does here on Lakers Talk. Used him a few num- number of different times during the Lakers pregame this year as well. So we appreciate that. He said something interesting. You know, we were having a conversation about Lakers and the Nuggets and just how far off are the Lakers from Denver. And when he said, you're going to need performances from Anthony Davis, he talked about the point guard that they need a um, another scorer that can – give you, I think the numbers are 18 and 8, something along those lines. Well, that player was supposed to be D'Angelo Russell. He just didn't show up in the Western Conference Finals. And there were plenty of times where he couldn't even play him. Uh, Dennis Schroeder was grabbing a lot of his minutes. But the player he was describing from a point guard position was technically supposed to be D'Angelo Russell. I don't have the most confidence in the world that that will come from D'Lo. But the other part of it, he said, you're going to need Anthony Davis to basically outplay or play as good as Nikola Jokic in four games. That I just do not. I I don't have that confidence. I really don't. And, you know, I've spent some time on this, and I've accepted it as well. I think this just kind of comes with an acceptance of a certain player. AD had a great stretch for the Lakers this year. I really think he did. And for those who... Um, want to complain about Anthony Davis, I think I've just changed my expectations for AD. The 2020 AD, um, that bubble Anthony Davis, I just don't think you're going to get that on a consistent basis. I'll tell you what you get from AD on a consistent basis. He'll be dominant on the defensive side, which is not talked about enough how great he was for the Lakers defensively and how much he was able to impact games because of what he does on the defensive end offensively is the, I don't know what you're going to get from AD. He might give you 35. He might give you 13. And that's not me exaggerating. He literally had games where he had a 15, a 17, a 13. A, that that was part of what came with Anthony Davis. He might get to the free throw line 12 times. He might get to the free throw line two times or not even get to the line. So the I don't have confidence that Anthony Davis can have four of those types of games where he's as good as Nikola Jokic. I don't have confidence in that. But I think where the opportunity could come, and we talked a little bit about this, how they can improve that, um, how they can improve from a point guard perspective. I saw a couple things here that 
Um, the fact that Fred Van Vliet, his decision to decline his player option. Um, the Suns could be aggressive. Dwayne Rankin of the Arizona Republic thinks that the Suns could be uh, very aggressive to try to go after him. So even if there are players available, point guards available, there's obviously going to be the services that um, there's going to be a lot of teams going for them. So then it's really just going to come down to as simple as this. Um, you may potentially just have to bring back D'Angelo Russell, find the right number that makes sense for the team, and then take your chances up until the trade deadline, see what happens from there. Okay, oh my God, I got less than a minute left, so I'm going to do this here real quick. Um, I had Laker fans, we did our Mandy Awards uh, last Saturday, and um, one host of the year. And just simply put, a lot of Laker fans went out of their way to vote, and I greatly, greatly appreciate it. And it's an honor to have a mic and to be able to do this. And I think uh, just the fact that I obviously have that that connection with Laker fans, I, I really, really appreciate everybody that did vote. So shout out. Thank you for doing so. Um, thank you to uh, Michael Funches. Thank you to Laura Romo. Thank you to Mauro Ruiz. Um, I'll be back uh, tomorrow. I'll be doing my show with Travis Rogers, and I'm sure we'll have plenty of more Laker conversation and Laker chat. Laker fans, I appreciate it, and I hope you guys uh, enjoy the rest of your night.